praise the Lord. Are you happy this morning? We have been losing people here. You know, it's not always to be scored 2-0, 3-0, and you are just there. The young men in this church, pray. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are also expecting to receive other daughters in this church also. <laughs> we don't just want to lose our daughters. And all of them seem to be going to India, which I don't know. <laughs> We are going to cancel all the Air India flights so that we don't have them. Praise the Lord. And yet, praise the Lord. We thank God for this this day. He's faithful. He's good. He has been so gracious to us. Father, we thank you this hour. As we sit at your feet, O God, let you minister to us as you have chosen in this day. I pray for every soul that is under this roof. Holy Father, speak to us in your own special way. Let that single word that you speak to our hearts minister to us. Let it lift us. Let let it encourage us. Let your word build us, O God. Let it strengthen us and give us life. We thank you and we honor your holy name. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, I want us to share on the subject of drafted for war. Drafted for war. You are conscript in the army of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I want us to reflect on that subject as we meditate upon the Word of God this morning, and I pray that by the grace of God, each one of us will be challenged to understand the kind of life we have been called to. Sometimes I look at our children, especially those ones who have been born here in Oman, I have a feeling. They have only seen one side of life, majority of them, and I think majority of the parents will agree with me, that they appear only to understand one side of life, and that is the good side. We thank God that He has given us that opportunity for us to minister to their needs, And that's a blessing. But it's also good that in the coming days, that God may open their understanding that there is also the other side of life. And they need to understand both sides to be balanced. Similarly, as Christians, it is possible for us to live our Christian life in a way that reflects only one side of life. It becomes an imbalanced life. But when you understand yourself well, when you understand the calling that you have received, then you begin 
to appreciate what God is doing in your life. And at the same time, you are careful to live your life in a way that will not jeopardize it. That is why Paul says, let us work our salvation with fear and trembling. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. I read from NIV. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Can we all repeat that? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. For we struggle not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 13, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, 14. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 11, Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God. Can we say, put on the full armor? Now, it's very interesting because at verse 10, Paul just begins and says, finally. That means he has been discussing, he's been engaging these people in some discussion. And he is drawing to a conclusion. So he wants them to understand that apart from all that he has been sharing with them, he would like to reinforce a certain position in their life. And so he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now why do I need power if I have just been listening to you? Why do I need to be strong? Because... If Christianity has got no work to be done, has got no energy to be plowed into, then I just need to relax. He should have said, finally, relax in the Lord and wait to be blessed every day until the Lord comes back. But he says, finally, be strong 
in the Lord and in His mighty power. Then again you come to verse 13. He literally repeats the same. He says, Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Verse 11 he has said put on. So I'll treat 10 and 11 together. He has told us to be strong and mighty and he has advised us to put on the full armor of God. And then he comes to verse 13, the Spirit of God again tells him, repeat this, and he says, Therefore put on the full armor of God. It is important for us to ask ourselves, why should I put on an armor? What is the danger? What is the problem? What am I preparing for? I would rather just put on a very light, light cloth and have my fun in life. But for the Spirit of God to remind His servant to write this twice, it is instructive. It is important for us to pay keen attention to it. So he says, put on the armor. We all know we put on an armor if we are protecting ourselves. So there appears to be a preparation that God is giving to the church. He's telling them, put on the full armor. Not just half, but the full armor of God. Put it on. And then immediately he goes to verse 12. That's when he begins to give us the reasons why he's telling us to put on the full armor of God. So verse 12 he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It so informs us that God is already aware there is going to be some fighting ahead of us. Praise the Lord. There's going to be some struggle ahead of us. And so He has prepared us ahead of time, telling us, put on your f- the full armor, my full armor. I know what is coming ahead. I know the life I've initiated you into. It's not a life that you are going to hang around and just play. It will require you to be prepared because there are enemies who are targeting you. There's danger that is standing on your way. And therefore you ought to be prepared because I want you to be safe as you walk. Praise the Lord. And it says in verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realm. So he's telling you the reason why I told you in verse 11 to put on the full armor is because there's going to be a struggle. And this struggle is not going to be against flesh and blood. It is going to be against unseen enemies. It's going to be against forces that you do not see. If you can see an enemy, you will always determine your action based on what he's going to do. But an enemy that you do not understand, an enemy whose mode of operation you do not understand, is very difficult and frustrating to prepare for. But thank God, because he understands the enemy we are facing, he knows what to give unto us in preparation. Praise the Lord. Now, the reason 
behind this is because this armor God is referring to appears to be the armor, uh, he used these words because at that time the Roman soldiers used to have an outfit that was distinct. It, was pro- it had a protective vest, a big flex, which protected them. They had the helmet because stones were part of the weapons of those days. Uh, like, uh, they are being reinvented these days again. Most times people go for riots with the police. I used to think it was only in Africa, but also realized even in the U.S. and the U.K. they throw stones. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so it's a universal disease. Uh, people throw stones at the police. And if you see the way they always have, they have a shield and they have those armors. Just in case a stone comes, it will knock the, the hard helmet to not injure them. And so that is the illustration that the Spirit of God was using for these people to be prepared. But we'll go into details later. So it is a war God is preparing the church for. And we must be prepared for this war. There is no sitting on the fence. There is no saying, you know, I like what George Bush said. You are either for us or you are for them. Choose. There's no need of playing two sides. You pretend you are good this side, you are good this side. There's nothing like that. You are either for us or for them. That is it. That's the kind of business we are in. You can never be halfway God, halfway the devil's side. Uh, Both of them will will skew you out. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But the devil is always very happy to have those ones who have been stewed out. Because he doesn't have any force for himself. Now, the reason why I want to enforce this issue, the life we are living is not a life of fun. I'm not scaring you. That's why I said there are two sides. We have been speaking here about the life, good life, how God can bless us, uh, the blessings, the healings and everything. But I want also to tell you there is war in this life. And you and I must be prepared. It is not that I've just thought about it. For God to tell you to put on an armor, it means He knows there is a problem that is coming. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4. We'll start from verse 3. The Spirit of God also speaks and says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Did you hear that? Although we are living in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. So it means, like it or not, there is a war that is raging around you. You better engage into this war. You better prepare yourself to fight. You better set your mind well tuned that you are fighting a war. And you cannot walk away from it. Praise the Lord. And as I said, you are either for God or for the devil. If you switch sides, the other one fights you. So there is no way you are walking out of this. Praise the Lord. Verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. Now why should you need weapons if there is no war? That is an emphasis to this message, that there is a war we are fighting, okay? On the contrary, they have divine power to the demolishing, uh, to demolishing strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. 
And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Praise the Lord. So verse 3 tells us there is a war and that war is raging around us. So we are in it. Verse 4 tells us we have weapons. These weapons are not the ones that we are used to. They are weapons that are divine. They are weapons that we do not hold in our hands. But they are effective. They are powerful. They have got divine power in them. Praise the Lord. And that is the good thing that we, we know about our side. We don't know much about the other enemy, but we know our side. Verse 5. I like the words that are being used. We demolish. We demolish. We don't just slap. We demolish. We destroy. Praise the Lord. Can you say demolish? We demolish. We destroy completely. That is why when God sent Saul, he said, destroy the enemy. He did not say, massage them. No. He did not say, just greet them and give them a hard handshake like the African one. No. He said, destroy. Nothing to be spared at all. Praise the Lord. It was serious business. And that is why the Bible is using this. And it says we destroy arguments and any pretension against the knowledge of God. Anything that wants to stand against the knowledge of the word of God, we destroy by the weapons that we have. Praise the Lord. Anything that wants to stand in opposition to God, we destroy by the authority that God has given us. Praise the Lord. Because that is our portion. Not to play around with the enemy. Because when he gets us, it is a disaster. He never spares. Never be deceived. The devil is not going to be a friend to you at any moment. In Kenya, we have got a special unit. We call them GSU. That's the acronym. GSU. General Service Unit. Now, if somebody told you General Service Unit, you would imagine they are just going to help you do some business around and have a good time. But actually, the, the service they dispense is destructive. It's an official, an official police unit. They are only summoned when we have riots somewhere. And one of their philosophy is this. You immobilize, cripple everything ahead of you so that as you move forward, you are not worried of anything, any danger coming from behind. So when, we, when you hear the general service unit is coming to your village, even the chicken will know these people are there. Every living thing will be dealt with. By the time they are out, it will take you another 10 years for you to raise your head that you are disturbing the government again. Because they are serious. That's the philosophy that we need to hold today. When we face the devil, it's not, it's not a question of playing around with him. It's not a question of telling him, okay, you can have a rest, we'll see you next week. No. It's a question of dealing with him on the spot, making sure that he's crippled, no more again to stand in your, in your way. Praise the Lord. So that you are sure, you are tomorrow, you are not revisiting the problem of yesterday. You are marching on, expecting new challenges, not the ones that you had in the previous day. Praise the Lord. Now, we have been talking about this. In verse 6, it talks about punishing. Punishing every act of disobedience. I like the selection of those terminologies. Punish. 
demolished and war. There are powerful things which means a determination to win. If you go into a war and you are just going for a draw, you have already lost. That's why whenever I hear a coach say, you know this is just a game we are going to enjoy, I know he has already lost. And in most cases I'm never wrong. Even in this general sports. You know, one of my, my sons in the 15th class likes football so much. I would have talked about his team today, but he's not there. Praise the Lord. When that coach said recently that we are going to a very difficult ground, it's not easy to win. I knew he had lost. The team is very good. But I knew he had lost the match. And indeed, when he went there, he was beaten 2-1. Praise the Lord. Because you have gone to play. Even if you are going to lose, make sure you fight. Let me tell you one African uh, parable. There's, uh, uh, not parable, but uh, uh, what we call these stories the old ladies used to tell children. Uh, okay, you know them. <laughs> uh, folks, <laughs> yeah. There was one. They said about the tortoise and the elephant. They were to fight. Of course, the tortoise knew <laughs> this is an impossible mission. But he wanted to leave a statement. He told the elephant, before we fight, step aside first. And he started uprooting all the grass around that place. The elephant was disturbed. What's happening? He was forced to engage the tortoise. That is in the story, not real. So he asked the, uh, the tortoise, why are you approving all this, this grass? The tortoise is saying, when people find me dead, they will know that I did not die helplessly. I also fought. Praise the Lord. The elephant thought, this will be an embarrassment. If people come, yes, I will have killed this man. But if they find this and they say, hey, this man died, but he also fought. A total is also fought. They will, oh, this elephant can be beaten. He struggled with a total. So he decided to call off the fight. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm saying this, I'm saying, as a Christian, never underrate yourself. Do all that you can. Never to give the devil room. Fight to the very last point. Use your prayers at a time. Pray. Quote the scriptures you can. As much as let the devil know that you have taken your stand, he will flee. The Bible says resist him and he will flee. Praise the Lord. The problem is that we are not determined. We are more concerned about what the devil is doing around, we are not ready to confront him. And so he takes advantage of that. Praise the Lord. Now, what is the cause of the war? The cause of the war that we are engaged in is because of the decision we made. You chose to follow Jesus. As a result, he answered you from the kingdom of darkness into his glorious kingdom. By that act, you declared war against the devil. Praise the Lord. 
And that declaration, whether you decide to reverse it or not, the war will continue. Praise the Lord. That is where our war begins. If you are fighting a war, I have said, it is important for you to know who your enemy is. Because if you just begin to fight aimlessly, you don't know whether you are hitting the, the, the Western military usually says friendly fire. He was killed by a friendly fire. How can a friendly fire kill you? It is because of carelessness. You don't know whom you are fighting. You are just fighting aimlessly. So that friendly fire fights you. But if you know whom you are fighting, you are always ready to identify him and to know his weakness and hit him hard. In Ephesians, when we were reading, and I, 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 I stress that, we'll go back there so that we begin to pick up, pick out some things there. Chapter 6. The Bible says we struggle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Because people have spent time in their Christian life fighting their bosses. Just because your boss is creating a very un uncomfortable atmosphere around you. The devil makes you lose focus. You focus on the man. That is flesh and blood. That is flesh and blood. And we do everything possible to talk to him and to tell him how wrong he is. Stop wasting your energy. Praise the Lord. There will be time to talk to him. But it will be because he has come to you to beg for forgiveness. Your enemy is not your boss. Some others spend time to fight their wives in the family. The Bible does not say we fight our wives. Remember this is verse 10 of chapter 6. I want you to go to verse 1 and read up to verse 9. Then you will see what the Bible is saying about your relationship with your boss, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your children, your relationship with your husband, your relationship with the church and everybody. Praise the Lord. That is the kind of relationship we have. But when we identify the right enemy, then we will not waste our energy. To our wives, the Bible says we must love them. Praise the Lord. To our husbands, the Bible says we must submit to them. To our children, it does not say we fight them. They are flesh and blood. Praise the Lord. To our children, we should not discourage them. To our masters, you know sometimes when we use these terms, we look at the issue of slave and master from the negative point. And sometimes today we think we are free. Some, how many are expat, expatriates here? <laughs> Don't be afraid. Praise the Lord. I know you don't want to hear what I'm going to say. The slavery that we have in the world today, the only difference is that we are well paid to be slaves. But it's still the same. And those who are very highly paid, uh, even you can see it being manifested. Let me give you an example. 
The professional footballers we have now, soccer players in Europe, we have. You know Ronaldo and uh, Messi. Do they have a decision which club they are going to play for? There is a man there who is called an agent. He has got a string tied on the neck of these people. They cannot see it. His is to see who is ready to buy this player at the best price. He negotiates and comes to tell him, you know, you are moving to this club. We want you to move to this club because they are offering you a better deal. And then he says, okay, per week, $250,000 per week. That's minus royalties and the endorsements. Some of you are looking at me, at me strangely. Read. One of them said recently, he doesn't understand why they are being paid that much money. Honestly, he said in the paper, he doesn't understand. Per week, not per year. Per week. So he's a slave, but he doesn't understand. He's just a well-pampered slave. But what we need to understand is, whatever position we are in, we need to understand. That boss is not our enemy. Praise the Lord. The Bible quickly goes and says, it has said very briefly, for we, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Let's turn to Daniel 10, 12. Daniel chapter 10. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first, first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of Persia, of the Persian kingdom, resisted me. 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. When Daniel set out to pray, it was not the king, it was the prince in the air, in the spiritual realm, who was opposing the messenger of God to reach Daniel. Daniel could not see him. Daniel did not know. All he was doing was to pray for 21 days. And those are the principalities that the Bible is referring to in Ephesians. That those are the ones we are fighting against. So when your boss comes around and is Creating a very hostile environment around you. 
look behind him. There is a principality. There is a force behind him. There is a ruler in the dark places behind him that is driving him to do. He's just a mere tool. When you engage that principality, you'll find this man submitting to you. Praise the Lord. So if you can identify your enemy well, your war is half won. Because you know whom you are dealing with. Sorry to say, majority of us, we realize that too late. When we have already antagonized so many people, we have fought them. We have made enemies of the people we are supposed to be evangelizing. Because we did not identify the right enemy. But this morning, I want you to be alert. That there is an enemy that you cannot see with your eyes. He's fighting you every hour. And if you lose focus, if you are not alert, you will be in trouble. A few months back, the Kenyan soldiers who are in Somalia, of course, they have declared war against Al-Shabaab. One unit went in Somalia, and there was some kind of relaxation. They were not alert. Close to a hundred of them were massacred. Because they were not on their guard. They forgot they are in a war zone. They forgot they are fighting somebody who is not, this was not a conventional army. He comes, he goes, he's here, he's there, he's there. You really don't know. So that calls to more alertness. How much more you child of God? The devil has no mercy. He doesn't want to see you succeed. And the sooner you know that, the more alert you will be in your Christian life. Your prayer life will never be the same again. You will change the way you are relating to God. Because you know you need Him more, now more than ever. Because you have declared war, and you are moving even further into His territory, He will never spare you. I can assure you, the Bread of Life Church, I can assure you, you made a declaration this year that you want this to be the year of evangelism. And some of us have not come, woken up to the fact that we have made a very powerful statement to the enemy camp. He is not going to spare you. You need to pray even more and more. Praise the Lord. Every army has got a uniform. And these days they have changed. Talk about the fourth thing. That's the being dressed for the war. Long time ago, I just used to see the camouflage uniforms. There was nothing to identify. You didn't know who is an Omani soldier, who is a UAE soldier. They were just all the same. But these days, you'll always find an insignia here. You'll find the Indian soldiers have got the Indian flag there. Kenyan one, a small one there. It's not for beauty. It's to make them distinct. I've killed a Kenyan soldier. I've killed an Indian soldier. Otherwise people just parade people here with the uniforms and say, these are the people we have murdered. They report to the headquarters. 
the headquarters said the army is doing a very good job. But I want us to talk about the dress that we need. The armor, the full armor of God. Praise the Lord. Therefore, put on the full armor, verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt, one, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 17 talks about the helmet of salvation. Now, if you are walking around in the alleys of any city, and you found somebody's torso there, without the head, it becomes very difficult for people to identify that person. True or false? They have got to go and lift the fingerprints, go into the database, and do a lot of research. I mean, uh, do a lot of background check in order to come up with a name. But if we found the head only, I don't want to say the, whose head. If I give an example, somebody will say I'm thinking very badly about them. Praise the Lord. If you found the head of somebody, put here, Kenneth has been murdered. The body is not there, but you have seen his face, so you know Kenneth has been murdered. Why? The head gives us the identity. The Bible talks of the helmet of salvation. The salvation you have is your identity. Praise the Lord. It has to be protected well. You have to work it with fear and trembling. You have to guard against every other force that wants to destroy it. Because it will provide your identity in this warfare. Praise the Lord. And when the devil knows, if you are fighting a strong army, and you see that a soldier from that strong army, you think twice before you attack. In fact, if you are waylaying them, the, the best thing is just to lie low until they are fast, and you can live another day. But if it's a weak army, then you can attack. Praise the Lord. So it's important for you as a child of God to have your salvation clearly defined. Let people know. Forget about these polishes. People, you know, people have applied so many chemicals on their faces these days, you cannot know whether they are the ones. But we want genuine salvation. Praise the Lord. That identifies you as a child of God. That distinguishes you from the crowd. This is a daughter of God. This is a son of God. Because when it comes to warfare, the devil will also know, ah, ah, this is not the right place to play. I need to look for another one. This is a child of God. The hand of God is upon them. Praise the Lord. So it's important for you to have your salvation clearly defined. Verse 18 talks of a breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness. Now, long time ago we used to draw uh, uh, insects and we used to name them three parts. The thorax, 
the, the head, the thorax, and is it the legs? Uh, abdomen. I did very little biology, so don't, don't laugh. Praise the Lord. Now, we used to draw a very huge thorax. Then I have seen bodybuilders trying to imitate those diagrams we used to draw. When you look at them, they have got a V shape. You find most of them, the chest is very huge. But one thing I've studied, you know, I studied people so much. I was asking myself the other day, if Kenneth put on a t-shirt, tight-fitting t-shirt, and a bodybuilder also put on a tight-fitting t-shirt, and they told people in this church, choose whom you want to protect, whose protection you want. My cue is going to be very small. <laughs> My cue is going to be very short. Because people will see the, the church, ah, this is a strong man, you can. Praise the Lord. So the breastplate of righteousness, our righteousness, is our strength in this warfare. You remain righteous in your life. You are establishing your credentials as a strong person in this army. Praise the Lord. So guard that righteousness. Guard it so, so well. Because it will define the, the strength that you have in this warfare. Praise the Lord. Don't look for the small, small, thin thorax. Look for the strong ones. Verse 14 talks about the belt of truth. And we know. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and... So the belt of truth, what does it do in this uniform? You know, if you leave the uniform just carelessly, and sometimes you are passing through uh, thorns, they can hang on that and it will delay your movement. So you fasten your uniform, it holds you tightly. Another advantage of that belt, you can hang a bottle of water there, you can hang your, by, by uh, a knife there, you can put so many things there and you will still be stable. You can't tie them in the neck. Praise the Lord. You put them here, the middle part of your body, then you are stable as a soldier. You can move on. Praise the Lord. The heavy rucksack, you hook it into that belt, then you can walk comfortably. Everything is holding tightly together. Because it has been fastened with the truth. And I said this morning, in this warfare, we need the truth of our Lord to hold us together. Seek the truth of God to be revealed into your life. It will hold you together firmly. It will enable you to move swiftly without any encumbrances. Because you are not looking back to say, ah, did I say something which is not right? No. Verse 16, the shield of faith. Praise the Lord. The shield of faith. Now, if you look at this shield of faith, part of the attire of a Christian your faith must be solid because it is going to hold, I mean, to, to, to leave you firm when the testing times come. And from the scripture it says, it will help you defend the fairy darts of the enemy. Then when people are throwing gossip against you, the shield of faith holds them back. When people are throwing insults on you, the shield of faith, I know whom I believed, 
I'm not caring about what you say. Praise the Lord. When there is an issue in your life that is disturbing, you remember I have got a shield of faith. You put it in that direction. Your mind is shielded from thinking negatively. Because your faith is founded on this rock. Praise the Lord. So you are firmly rooted in Christ Jesus. Because you know whom you have believed. Praise the Lord. You are well dressed for the warfare that you are facing. Praise the Lord. So whatever arrows you are facing in your life this morning. Remember you have got a shield of faith. Hold on to that shield. And remind God of what his promises are. Your life will be changed. It will not be the same. The discouragement will just fizzle out. Because you have the shield of faith. And then now I come to these other two things. The boots. Eh? You know, when a soldier puts on the boots, he's not putting on the boots to sit down and enjoy life. The moment they are in the camp relaxing, they remove the boots. These days, boots have changed. They are no longer the black ones. Those black ones, when you remove, you take a hot wire, you... Some of you are looking at me. If you have been in the military, you know. I was not there, but I know. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you remove every scale. You clean it with water. Put a hot wire, red hot, on the, on the shoe. I'm giving you a secret. Those of us who have black shoes. And then take your shoe polish. Put a very thin, then a, 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 a rag. Then it will start glittering like that one of soldiers. Praise the Lord. How many of you are going to glitter? You have glittering this morning. Those shoes, when they are in the camp, they would put them there. But when action comes, everybody puts on the, the boots. Because it's time for action. Moving out. Praise the Lord. It's not putting on shoes and sitting down. It's put on the shoes, the boots, and move out. And see what the Bible says. In verse 15. And with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Praise the Lord. And we put on those boots in readiness to evangelize. Now you are no longer in your own camp. You are moving in the enemy camp. So evangelism is declaring that I'm coming to your camp, devil, be ready, I'll be there. That's why I said this year, we need to be careful, more committed to our prayer lives than ever before. Because the devil knows we made an announcement as a church, he will look for the weakest link. I don't want to be that weak link. How many of us want to be the weak links? We don't want to be. Quickly, when we were still young people, not born again, we were a group of cousins, and one day we saw one boy, we wanted to, to become the homeboys in that area. So we picked some sticks, and this young man was coming. He was a, he was a mature person, but he was short in size. So he was well built and strong. And one of us, Broke two before we, re we reached this boy. He was hitting the electric post and saying, when I meet Caleb, I'm going to hit him and then he would break one. Praise the Lord. 
Do you want to hear what happened? When it came to action time, this, this boy was coming because he had annoyed one of us. This boy who had broken two sticks before the fight. He was like the tortoise. <laughs> he took his stick and he was the one on the forefront. He said, Caleb, stop there. And when he swung this, because this boy was a bit mature, he, he, he grabbed him. Suddenly the boy was on the ground and he was crying. Oh, help me, help me. The one who had broken two sticks in readiness to, to beat this one. Because Caleb saw him and he saw the weak link. He grabbed that weak link and he really... Those of us who are, who are still behind, we saw, this is death. This is death. We took off. Thank God for these legs. <laughs> we went very fast. Fortunately, the, the guy escaped. I'm saying you cannot afford to be the weak link. When the devil is furious and is annoyed, he will look for whoever is weak among us. And that's where his fury is going to end. Verse 17 talks about the word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. We must equip ourselves with the word. Praise the Lord. It will require us to go into the enemy territory well equipped with the word of God. Now somebody is saying, but there is no seminary in this place, Kenneth. There is no Bible school in this country. Where do I equip myself with the word of God? In the book of Acts, Peter and John said, Silver and gold we have none. But such as we have. Can you say such as I have? Such as I have. We give you. They gave that man the little they had. They had known about the healing of God. They gave that cripple and he stood up. Praise the Lord. If it was today, Kenneth would say, Pastor Abraham, are you, do you have some two minutes? Uh, Brother Claudie, please. Yeah, I want to see you urgently. Let's, I'll call all the council members and call all the cell leaders. Because maybe I'm not very clear about my position. It's good to unite in prayer. But let us also individually know that we need to have a proper stand. Praise the Lord. I don't want to be the weak link in the body of Christ. So, what are the four fronts? Because war is fought. We have known how to dress. We have known we are at war. We have known the kind of war we are fighting. The enemy. We have identified. It's not flesh and blood. We have known the dress that we need to put on. Okay? Now, what are the war fronts that we have? The mind. Romans 12.2 We need to have a transformed mind. Romans 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. This is good, sorry, what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect. When our mind is renewed and transformed, and we are in the warfare, we are able to identify the war front. 
One of them is our mind. We will not blame our wife. We will not blame our husband. We will not blame our children. We will not blame the church. We will blame our mind. Once we have identified our mind as the problem, we begin to address it. The Bible says how? Be ye transformed in your mind. Let it be renewed. And what is the result? We will be able to distinguish what God's good will is. We will be able to distinguish the perfect will, uh, the, the, the pleasing will and the perfect will. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you, there was an assessor who came and asked a question. We were sitting on a table. And we had said in our recommendations, so and so is a good teacher, perfect teacher, excellent lessons. And then he asked, Kenneth, what is the difference between an excellent teacher and a good teacher? It was easy just ticking the boxes for people because it looked good. But it was not easy to distinguish between those two close classes. What am I saying? When our mind is, has been renewed, we move from one level to another. We begin to distinguish, to get the quality in the will of God. Praise the Lord. There is the good will, permissible will, all of us fail through it. There's a pleasing one, the one that pleases God, that all of, some of us are in it. And there is the perfect will of God, where few of us operate. But when our mind is transformed, we are able to reach there. The body, 12, Romans 12, 1. That we may offer our body as a living sacrifice. That's another war front. Let your body be crucified. Every day I crucify my body. So that I may live right with God. The enemy may not seize an opportunity in my place. Brethren, this thing here, this thing here, it is flesh and blood. It does not experience that transformation. The inner man is transformed and as he grows inside, he begins to overwhelm this outer man. Praise the Lord. That's why John the Baptist was saying, I must decrease as he increases. So that the flesh and blood in him must be subdued by the power of God. Allowing God's presence to be manifest. Praise the Lord. So the body must be brought under submission. That's another front. Our prayer life, we must work on it. Because once we relax, the enemy will hit us hard. So, knowing this, that we are at war, knowing that we have declared we are going into the enemy territory, what manner of people ought we be in our prayer lives as the bread of life? That's the question I'm asking. What manner of people ought we be in the thinking of our mind? What manner of people ought we be in the emotions of our body? Shall we relax and allow the enemy to come and sweep over? No, that ought not to be. Praise the Lord. Finally, the effective weapons, I just mentioned them. One, I want to leave you with this. The name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. The name of Jesus. Luke 10, 17. Seventy disciples came back. 
They were rejoicing. They had seen Jesus cast out demons. They had never had that experience. But when they, he told them, now you go also. But remember my name. They went. They came back running. Lord, do you know in your name we cast out demons? Praise the Lord. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ. Luke 9, 49 also talks about the name of Jesus. When we use this name, we have power over all principalities. Acts 3, 6 is also another demonstration of that name. The second one is the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been reconciled to Him. We have been redeemed through the blood. And so the blood we must plead over our lives. It will set us free. It will give us victory over the enemy. Praise the Lord. And the third one I want to leave you with this morning is the Word of God. Praise the Lord. The Word of God. On my own, I am useless. But when I equip myself with the Word of God and just speak it the way it is, there is power that goes along with that word. Praise the Lord. We were told here, just read. Read that Isaiah. Just read it until it is revealed into your, into your heart. heart. Praise the Lord. Sometimes, the first reading you may not understand, but continue. That word has got power in itself. There is a seed of life in it. When it begins to germinate in you, you will only remember later that this word was given to me sometime. But it will have worked wonders in your life. Let us stand up. Stand up, please, as we. Let's close your eyes. Close your eyes as we finish up prayer. Let's just remain in an attitude of prayer. You've heard the voice of. Your commander speak this day. But have you recognized the voice of your commander? Have you recognized that you are indeed a soldier in the Lord's army? And as a soldier, you do what you are commanded to do. Just talk to God. Thank Him that He has made clear to you, to me, to us this day, that our enemy is not the man sitting at the table in the office. Our enemy is not somebody in the family. Our enemy is not some acquaintance that we know. Our enemy is Satan and his spiritual forces of darkness. If we did not know it till now, God has clearly indicated to us that's where our fight is. And as a soldier, you now have a target. Talk to God. Because without God, we can't get into this fight. Without God, we can't attempt to take on the devil and attempt to win. James chapter 4, verse 7 says this, Therefore submit to God, 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And verse 10 it says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And that's what we are going to do. We are going to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. We are going to draw near to God. And we are going to allow God to draw near to us. Talk to God and tell him that you are ready for war. You have been conscripted into the army of the Lord. Declare today that you will never give up. Declare today your determination to win. Declare today that you will not be the weak link in the army. And declare today your determination to win the war. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord. Father, you have made clear to us, Lord Father, where we stand, what we need to do. And Father, we cannot do this of our own. But we come to you, Lord Father. We seek your face. We just draw near to you, Lord. And as you command us, we will obey and do, Lord. Father, give us humility, Lord Father, to be able to receive the word that comes from you, Lord Father. Take away all forms of pride that makes us think that we can do it on our own, Lord. But help us to recognize that with you, we can do it, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to see people around us as enemies, Lord Father. But people that you have placed that we can talk to, bring your word across to them because you have asked us to meet these people in love. But Father, help us to recognize that our enemy is the prince of the air, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word you have given us this day, Lord Father. And we thank you, Lord, for the victory which is ours, Lord Father. Father God, we do not take our assignment lightly, but we go prepared, wearing the armor. Father, we thank you for your servant whom you have used this day. And we pray, Lord, that you will pour out more of your anointing upon him, Lord, that he will bring forth he will bring us your word in greater depth, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord. Father, we ask that you bless him and his family, Lord Father. Meet them at their points of need, Lord, and take care of them, that they shall be a blessing to every one of us here, Lord. We thank you, we praise you. Father, be with every one of us, Lord Father, even as we step out of this place. We ask, Lord, that we will go with our feet short, and prepared for battle, Lord. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as we fellowship outside. Let's move out.